Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au. CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3CR.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. And 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the original inhabitants, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay respects to Elders past and present and emerging, also acknowledging our queer original inhabitants, including sister girls and brother boys for their special contributions to diversity on and around the land. Thanks for your company out of the pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. And um, you can get in touch with the show in lots of ways. Um, you can email out of the pan 855 at gmail.com. You can text 61456751215. If you're, the 61 is there. If you're listening outside of Australia, hello to you. Uh, you can tweet at Sal Gold Said So, and that's the bottom line. You can look for the Facebook post and comment underneath uh, on my page, Sally Goldner, or the similar post on Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. Um, and two reminders for today. Today is one of those days where I do need to say that all opinions on the program are my own, just to be sure, to be sure. And also, um, I'm going to be talking about, pos- um, well, I'd say possibly to probably um, triggering content um, in terms of the Me Too campaign. So if you do need to talk to someone at any point, switchboard on 1800 184527, part of the Australian QLife network of queer-friendly um, support. And uh, Lifeline in general, one three triple one four, or talk to someone you can trust who's empathic. But I think it's time to tackle it. Stand up and work it out, in the words of the opening track, Shane Howard and um, from River, and If the Well Runs Dry. Well, um, timing is this the essence of this week, and in the light of finally some release of some of the findings from the very costly um, increase into Robert Doyle, I want to start by paying tribute to Tessa Sullivan. Well, she's someone who stood up, um, faced lots of consequences. I was very moved um, at the time of this show, Friday, um, week ago, um, you know, sort of, um, um, you know, when Tessa spoke up about what she'd experienced for standing up. And I mean, there's someone who's highly competent. She's got a lovely partner next to her, all that sort of thing, yet still, you know, faced all sorts of bullying, as did her male partner, which I think... Gosh, that unfortunately speaks sort of extra volume, if you like, at volume. So some issues there to work through. But, um, you know, I want to pay tribute to that work because she took on some pretty powerful forces. I mean, what has emerged from her public comments, from what little we've been allowed to see of our taxpayer-funded inquiry, you know, it seems there was a pretty entrenched club 
and bad process and not much ability to change on behalf of um, what was going on. Let's work through it. There's so many angles to this story for a start that I want to work through. First of all, that, you know, Doyle seemed to pretty much control everything. And I think that's really worrying where you can't have good independent process or you feel cut off from it. Now, people will say um, we need a better, um, an independent process. It was interesting to hear Neil Mitchell, the man who backed Robert Doyle for Lord Mayor in 2008, when some of the situations had already happened, which I think is, says something in itself, um, say this, well, we need some sort of independent body. Well, we do have one. It's called the Victorian Equal Opportunity and Human Rights Commission, which looks after state law in harass, sexual harassment and anti-discrimination nationally. Um, had it been you know, not technically relevant in this case, we've got the Australian Human Rights Commission and there's similar bodies in every state and territory. So we have these bodies. What is it that is preventing people from going to talk to them? I suppose has to be asked for starters. And I think that the processes have been very poorly designed and it's not those bodies fault of course they can only enforce the laws they're given by state territory in the federal parliament some of them are the ridiculously short time frames you've got to lodge a complaint and this is what happens when you have i'll say left brain people and or lawyers write these things up they don't generally i'm sorry to say there's a lot of lawyers who don't think in human terms they just see process and regulations and dots and commas, but they don't understand that sometimes it can take a long time to recover for this and get the strength back to uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, if you like, and maybe physically as well, to then go and make a complaint. So there needs to be a longer time frame for sexual harassment and discrimination charges. Um, that, to me, is the first, first level of this. But I'm going to say something which I held off on a few weeks ago. Um, the fabulous Melina had sent in a, a letter that she wrote or a comment that she wrote to a newspaper on Robert Doyle. And now that we have something out there and I can respond to it, I will. Um, I suppose linking this in, this, today's title of the show was Me Too from a Queer Perspective. Go back to 2003 where we had the first known trans um, person, and I say known, there may well have been others, in the police academy. And at that point, um, with the Herald Sun doing horrible transphobic headlines and Neil Mitchell, the misogynist's mate, over on 3RW trying to beat up on it and then take credit, um, you know, um, all this horrible stuff. And what does Robert Doyle say? Well, you shouldn't have transsexuals, sick, that was the word in the time, in the force, because you wouldn't have criminals in the force. He refused to apologise for that 10 months later. I still somewhere, I think, have the letter on my laptop. Thank heavens for that accounting training that told me to back things up. He was approached in 2010 and wouldn't change his mind. It was only when he was exposed as being patron of joy um, in 2012 that his views were clearly inconsistent with that organisation. Did he reluctantly say, well, I've moved on, but he didn't really apologise. He also, up until that point, was against lesbians accessing IVF. So it's all very well to you know, be a mate of the the boy, gay boys power club over on Joy. Interesting, both Doyle and Neil Mitchell go on Joy from time to time, but only with the boys, hey? Mm. But you look at other things along the way. Doyle made comments, why do we need disability-friendly tram stops in the city? Uh, duh. Or buskers should go get training. We've got someone who doesn't seem to show an ability to learn. And you could make the explanation, and I'll use that word, that... 
you know, clearly his, some of his problems seem to come about through alcohol. What's interesting is people saying, well, we should stop the council having alcohol booze dinners. No, people could just learn to control their alcohol, thank you, and what, how they behave when they're under the influence would be a much better, in a much better place. So let's attack causes and not symptoms, thank you, and let's go for the real issue. Um, you know, but okay, if you've realised you've got a problem that you're not behaving well under alcohol, get help. So we've got someone who was not changing their opinions and there was plenty of length, depth and breadth of evidence to prove it. So it's a sad thing that went on so long, but well done to Tessa Sullivan and also to Kathy Oak, who stood up and have brought this chapter, well, to where it is at the moment. But as I say, I still think we have a right to see the whole, um, you know, sort of um, report untouched, unedited, um, no sanitised versions. Thank you. This is too important. So, you know, I think in, there's a lot in, in, this, in that story that you can unpack process, power clubs. You know, um, Tessa Sullivan has put on the record that, you know, Jeff Kennett, Neil Mitchell, Harold Sun all against the G, the boys' power club. Surprise, surprise, hey? So we've got real problems. But the thing is, how do we crack it? If you've got these guys who are, you know, have privilege and are not um, willing to look at it and use it in better ways, how do you break them down? I suppose there's a question that we'll come to in uh, throughout this program today. So if you've got comments on what I've said um, at any time throughout the show, what I say, um, please um, you know, um, give me a bell by all, or the proverbial bell by all the means, um, email, Twitter, um, and Facebook and um, love to hear your thoughts. So I'm going to have a look at this and break it down further um, as we go through the show. Anyway, um, let's have a listen to um, Paul Kelly and another track from his amazing album of this year, um, or the last few months, being Life is Fine, and appropriately enough, I Smell Trouble. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. Listen to Hillbilly Fever every Saturday night from 11pm to 2am for classic country artists like Hank Williams, Moo Mullican, Lefty Vazell, Hank Snow and many more. Remember, Hillbilly Fever every Saturday night from 11pm only on 3CR. And do it all often feel the only thing standing between us falling off that precipice and actually fighting our way back up the top of the hill is the trade union movement. I really believe that. We have the numbers, we have the commitment, we have the heart, we have the will to really fight. And the only way we're going to win that fight is to grow the union movement. That was Jed Carney talking up union. Stay tuned to 3CR for more union news. 8.55 on your AM dial or 3cr.org.au. Which 
3CR, 8.55am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally on a Sunday, first broadcasting I should say, on a Sunday afternoon. You could be listening by podcast, you could be listening to the repeat between Australian Eastern Time, 5 and 6am Monday morning, or you could be listening On Demand um, for the next week. However, wherever, whenever, thanks for your company. And well, we just had a message from Jed Carney about unions. Well, Jed's going to be Talking Labor issues, though, from a different perspective now. Um, he's the um, winner of the Batman by-election last night. I was, I have, I say I was, you know, people will jump on me, but listen carefully to the end. People, I was, was hoping um, that the Greens would win just so some Murdoch media headline writer could um, do the headline. Batman, kapow! Anyway, um, yes, then, all right, you've asked for it. The old gag about the... Um, conservative child of progressive parents comes home at about 17. Hey, parents, I've made up my mind on my career. Well, um, whatever you do, we we might have our differences, but we'll always love you. You're not going to be go for the Liberal Party. No, 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 we'll always love you. You're not going to um, become the spokesperson for a tobacco company. No, no, we'll always love you. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going to become a Herald Sun headline writer. Get out, we don't want to know you, we've disowned you. Anyway... Um, that old gag, yes, and we touched on the Herald Sun and media and things in the first segment, talking about um, the situation of, um, serious situation of Me Too. Once again, if there is anything distressing, um, please contact um, the QLife um, Counselling Network for queer people around the country, one eight hundred one eight four five two seven. And this is where I want to start drilling this in to queer communities um, queer communities and sexual harassment. Now, we've talked a lot on this show about lateral hostility um, within the rainbow communities and within parts of it um, over time. And I was thinking about something over you know the last week or so, 10 days, and I, my mind wandered back to the early to mid-2000s where we first started talking about the issues of queer kids in schools and I know you'd often get people saying, you know, I know that workers who were closer to it than I was would get approaches when they, you know, someone say from the Rainbow Network, the group of rainbow um, queer youth workers would ring up. Oh, look, thanks for your inquiry, but we don't have any gay, as it was then, gay and lesbian kids at our school. Uh, obviously, that's not true. They were too scared to come out. And I know as someone who does a lot of training in aged care settings, <clears throat> we sometimes get, look, that was really good training. You're obviously very well organised and know your stuff, but we don't have any LGBTI residents. Mm-mm. So the thought struck me, why haven't we talked about sexual harassment in queer perspectives? Well, let's look at some stuff first. First of all, I want to acknowledge something really important, that sure, a vast majority of sexual harassment and similar um, inappropriate behaviours are perpetrated by, to use our language of this program, cisgender heterosexual men on cisgender heterosexual women. And given that up until now that's been the proportion of society, um, you know, that's understandable. But, you know, in the same way that we didn't talk about intimate partner violence in queer settings because for a number of reasons. One, it just wasn't talked about because of that assumption, which of course has a limitation in it, that in simple, simple language, blokey blokes are going to, you know, misuse power. Um, I'll use those words over feminine females. Well, misuse of power can happen by anyone, over anyone, and in lots of ways, not just in relation to their gender identity, whether someone's cis or trans, or for that matter, um, 
you know, on many levels. There, um, sometimes I have felt people have tried to overpower me on the basis of my personality, despite the fact that I talk at you for an hour um, every week. I'm an introvert. I'm a very quiet person who listens a lot. People see that as a weakness and try to roll over me. Boy, do they get a surprise when I um, come back at them with something sharp. But that's another story. They then get shittier, actually. Tough luck. Um, so overpowering seriously can happen in lots of ways. And it makes me wonder, you know, if we haven't had many queer people out in workplaces, particularly in corporate settings, which have been incredibly macho, um, have we not? Have we got a hidden problem? Logic to me is going to say yes. And so I think this is something we really need to have a think about and start working on preventatively. And let's, I'm going to ask something, can we not go and often do bloody research first? I'm sick of when we all know that something's there or our gut says it's there, that we don't research. And logic says that, you know, if we don't have a lot of queer people out, we're, going to, we're not going to cop it. But there's, in, the same, in a parallel way to lateral hostility, um, you know, there's some going to be problems even in queer organisations and queer workplaces with forms of harassment because, um, you know, we have, sadly, inequality within rainbow communities, um, gay, lesbian, and then in varying degree, I think I'm going to say trans-binary and then trans-non-binary, bisexual and intersex. Um, some research from um, Gay and Lesbian Health Victoria finds that bi people are less likely to be out even in so-called LGBTI organisations. I noticed in you someone who came under the trans and gender diverse umbrella. I'm going to call this person Zed and not use pronouns. Zed worked for a major so-called LGBTI organisation. And I worked with Zed on a project um, when I didn't work in the organisation. I was partnering. One day when we met at this organisation's premises, Zed looks around, pulls me aside, drags me into a private room and says... I'm trans, but I'm not out in this workplace. The amount of crap I've heard about trans and people saying that, God forbid, we're all mentally ill, we can't hold down jobs, blah, 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 I wouldn't dare come out. So if there's that sort of discrimination and bullying going on, it's hardly likely there's going to be a culture that prevents sexual harassment. And I think there's too much of that. But also, when I talk about research, there's bad research out there. Recently, I asked, um, I came across a survey about, um, I'll use the phrase, rainbow women's um, experiences in workplaces. And one of the questions asked was, would you come out as a gay woman in your workplace? Well, I'm not. I'm bisexual, so I'm not going to come out as gay. And when we approached the organisers of this research, we got bi erasure and biphobia in that, um, oh, well, gay is the most commonly used words. Hello, word, sorry, which century are we in? So even if we do research, it's then got to be right. But I, I think that that sort of biphobia says why there's going to be problems. So we have to look at our own backyard, and we also have to look, if we're intersecting this segment with the first one, as to why it seems some elements of gay males want to get into bed, metaphorically speaking, with straight males. You know, why do people want to grovel to these high-up power players? There's some element of inferiority complex. Oh, if I get their approval, we're going to be better. And some organisations have done this for years. They go, see, look, we're working with them. But has the high-up organisation that is still homophobic, transphobic, biphobic, and probably misogynistic ever changed? No. Well, 
if you can't, if you don't get it, if you get into bed with someone, you've got to check your values when you, before you start. But if things don't change after a while, you've got to call it quits. I mean, this is just common sense, organisational management and leadership stuff. But it seems that inferiority complex that people have um, means that it doesn't get talked about. And there's one other angle here. Some people will say, oh, don't raise this, you know, and again, this is inferiority complex stuff. We can't be seen to have anything bad in our community. Well, that's the same thing that's um, blocked um, conversations about intimate family, including intimate partner violence, and that's not on. And the answer is, well, we all um, can keep lifting our game. And it's unfair in a way that minorities sometimes get subject to minority perfectionism pressures, as they're called, that we have to get everything right, uh, make sure... You know, and if we put a comma instead of a semicolon somewhere where the hell gets criticised out of us, whereas someone like Mark Latham or Barnaby Joyce can behave in the various ways they do, and it takes forever for them to be criticised. So um, we have to talk about these things, and we have to get on top of them early. And the problem is um, people who often bring these things up are silenced and um, diminished on many levels, you know, guilt-tripped, etc., um, and the other thing is, of course, um, you know, sometimes people say, those who would attack LGBTI people or queer people would say, well, see, um, you're no good. Well, in terms of, say, intimate partner violence, you know, if um, a queer kid grows up watching a dysfunctional behaviour in their parents or guardians, well, they're going to imitate it. That's just going to, it's not going to make any difference if you're a heterosexual kid. That's what you grow up watching. And when we see this played out in our workplaces, in our schools, in our society, um, and in our homes, well, if you don't get an alternative model or don't think there might be something better out there, it could well be perpetuated. That is an explanation, but it's no excuse. And we have to break that cycle. Programs that start talking respect on every level from an early age are very, very good. And then around puberty, they need to be handled carefully in an age-appropriate way to cover sexual contact. And I think there's something else about this. It's, you know, we've heard the phrase, no means no. We need to take it back one step further and go, ask first. And then, no means no, if that's the answer. All right. Um, so we're drilling down here, and we're going to drill down further in a second. Um, and, well, Tessa Sullivan may want to do this. I don't know. But in the words of Anne Kirkpatrick, some country music. We just heard a message for Hillbilly Fee for a little while ago. You might want to look into the whites of your eyes. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally on a Sunday afternoon first broadcast. Thanks for your company whenever, wherever, however you are listening. And we just heard from Anne Kirkpatrick from a compilation going way back now, 1993, The Sweethearts of the Radio and The Whites of Your Eyes. Um, Well, whether you want to look into the whites of someone's eyes or not is up to you. And it could be very, very difficult. I'm probably close to impossible. And, you know, people talk about closure. Well, sometimes you don't get it. But, um, you know, I don't know whether I'd want to. and I want to talk now about a case study which um, happened to a person I know very, very well of sexual harassment in the queer community. A person I know really well is someone I've known all my life, right from the very first moment, because it's me. I'm going to talk, call the perpetrator in here X and not use any pronouns to the best of my ability and keep things de-identified. 
X is someone with whom I worked from another organisation in the queer community. Um, relatively prominent person is all I'm going to say. And um, X had a practice of expecting me to kiss X on the cheek. Now, is this... I don't know how you describe... That's the, the behaviour. I certainly felt humiliated, overpowered and demeaned by this. And I never liked it. And there were also other aspects of X's behaviour that X would ring me at very strange out-of-hours times demanding things that weren't really that urgent. But um, when I needed something from X, I'd never, it had never happened. So perhaps that gives a clue to arrogance and overpowering and ego and self-control and controlling type of behaviours. So certainly not a pleasant situation and gradually as X, and also I was bullied by someone else in, one of the, in, in this organisation, and X wouldn't do anything about it. And the, the other person who bullied me was a male, and believe it or not, X said, oh, he's just a happy-go-lucky guy. Now remember when Chris Gale had a go at Mel, Mel McDonald on um, Channel 10 a couple of years ago, and it was, oh, he's just a gregarious guy, and this week we had the same response of, um, you know, in relation to Robert Doyle, he's cheerful and outgoing manner. Oh, please, can we please get away, by the way, from doesn't matter how you mean it and excuses like that. So gradually relations, you know, got poorer and poorer between X. And one day when there was this demand that I kiss X on the cheek, I just, all I could do was put my hand up in the air and just as if to say, stop, no. The look of bewilderment and disbelief on X's face as if to say, what, you're not doing what I say? It's bizarre that some people get it and have that sense of privilege and self-entitlement that they just think they can make other people do what they want. I'm not aware, to my knowledge, of anyone else who's had that sort of experience with X, but I'm certainly aware of people in the queer community, even if it's not possible, sexual harassment, I'm not saying it is or it isn't, I'm just saying possible, who have felt demeaned in the managerial subordinate sense by X's behaviours. And so we've got real problems when this happens in our community. You know, most of, a lot of people in our community are volunteering. Volunteering is supposed to be fun and enjoyable and give you a sense of happiness. Um, when it starts getting like that, we lose good people. Um, and of course, sexual harassment does cover volunteers. Discrimination doesn't, which I think is a real problem. There's one area for reform, no matter how much some people, some not-for-profits, interestingly, if we're talking power and hierarchy, it seems the bigger not-for-profits complain about this. Well, sorry, no. Um, but So we need some response like that. But yes, we need preventative actions about respect. Personally, I think that some of the sort of respect stuff that we're starting with young, with young people could probably go down well in workplaces and be modified for adults. Um, maybe it needs that sort of training. Um, about full consent. I've posted, by the way, the cup of tea meme and on Facebook uh, underneath the today's two posts on Out of the Pan 3CR 8 5am's page and myself, my own page. Um, it's the video, actually. Now, I know some people say it's not perfect. Um, I think it's generally a good thing. I think it's sensible, and I like the analogy it does. But, um, you know, each to their own, I get that. But um, the thing that needs to come up is that, um, you know, we have to start talking about consent and respect and asking people. And there's lots of people, by the way, who 
don't want to be touched. Um, and sometimes it changes, which is what I like about the cup of tea meme. Some days people just feel a bit more withdrawn and don't want any touch, including just a light hug. And that's okay, so you ask, which really is just good communication. Sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? Um, you know, one of these novel concepts. But we should do it. I haven't been able to get closure. I've tried to talk to X about um, my scenario and unfortunately didn't get adequate responses. Um, you may guess at some of them. I'm not really going to bring them up. And so we do have problems in our queer communities with overpowering. Um, I'm not saying overpowering's the whole thing, but I think it's a major part of where things go amok in our communities, um, you know, or in any situation of, um, we'll call it um, sexual harassment, discrimination, domestic violence. We've got to stop that sort of culture of powering over people um, as a norm and make it, you know, and certainly um, have zero tolerance. I know they're overused words, but they're the best ones we've got on violence, harassment, discrimination, stigma, those sorts of things. So it will involve changing attitudes, and no doubt certain shock jocks will be going on about social engineering. Plead guilty. We do need some social engineering because, quite frankly, the current situation can't work. I don't have instant answers on the power structures, um, how we um, start dealing with these people, but I suppose it's not impossible. Remember in the 1980s, one determined journalist in the end dogged Joe Bjorki-Peterson until finally he fell. So maybe we dog people in the case of um, other people. I don't know. Do we arrange boycotts? Do we stop listening? Do we make it clear that we demand improvements in their behaviour if they're going to be these um, unelected dictators and power players in our society, in our economy, in our communities? Don't know, but we've got to try something because it's simply not acceptable enough that these things keep going on. And to close my story, you know, when Me Too began to really break about October last year, um, due to a number of reasons, I wasn't talking too publicly about it. It was too triggering. Um, it was not an easy thing to deal with. Thankfully, I've recovered somewhat, and now I am going to speak out, because quite frankly, if Tessa Sullivan can speak out about what she went through, I can speak about what I went through. And, you know, we need to lift our game. But in community set, you know, and every um, mis misuse of power or harassment is inappropriate. But there's different angles on each. And when you're in community settings and human rights settings, you kind of hope people would walk their talk. And when they don't, that adds another layer of sting to the hurt that you trust people. And then you wonder, are they really the right people to be leading us? Um, if they're in that sort of position of leadership. So we've got some work to do here and it's time that these things were talked about and talked about more. I hope today's conversation is opening that up. Please get in touch with the show if you've got some thoughts. In the meantime, well, um, let's let out our feelings with some very loud music from Midnight Oil's first album of 1978, 40 years ago, from their eponymous or self-titled album, is used and abused. 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au and on demand out of the pan with Sally.
Whether it's hip-hop, blues, reggae, jazz, opera, roots, curry or world music you're into, 3CR's music menu is serving it up to you. You're with Music Sans Frontier, music from around Australia and around the world. Good afternoon everybody and welcome to another edition of Great Voices. You're listening to Hit Sister Hop on 3CR 855 AM. Music matters on 3CR, 12 noon every Friday. Keep these diverse tunes on the air by subscribing to 3CR. Call 94198377. The newspaper shout, a new style is growing. Dear listeners, the annual Good Friday charity radiothon of the Australian Medical Aid Foundation will kick off from 9am to 6.30pm on Friday the 30th March. 3CR is dedicating its media space to support this noble cause. Therefore, 3CR's regular program will not be on air during this time. The funds raised from this 10-hour radiothon will be utilized to supply medical aid, equipment, training, patient-centered care programs and resources to those affected by 30 years of war in the north and east of Sri Lanka. You too can become a generous partner by calling us on 03-9419-8377 during the Radiothon on 30th Friday to donate towards this wonderful initiative. Absolutely a good thing coming up on Friday the 30th, Friday week. Um, and so... Um, a very um, worthwhile cause. Uh, Friday, uh, Saturday the 31st is International Trans Day of Visibility, and of course that gives me a chance, um, following on from last week's show with the fabulous Michelle McNamara, to remind you that there's a celebration of it this coming Saturday, um, so that it doesn't clash with the Easter long weekend, or for some people who go up to Confest in southern New South Wales, um, you can come along to this too. It's um Trans Day of Visibility event at um, North Fitzroy, um, uh, library on uh, St George's Road, um, the fantastic setting it is. Um, we were there for Trans Day of Remembrance last year, beautiful setting. Um, all ages welcome, there's events for all ages, um, big kitties, little kitties and all um, kitties in between. So make sure you get along there next Saturday from 6. Um, a busy week coming up, um, lots of things going on. I'll have a bowl of alphabet soup at Denbar. Uh, 113 High Street, um, this Tuesday the 20th at 7pm. Um, Seahorses Cafe Night is on um, this on Wednesday the 21st, so have two bowls of soup, they're good for you. Um, I've been having some of the bowls of soup, I'm just about over the lurgy thing that I had. Um, thankfully it didn't become a pandemic, knowing no boundaries of demic. Anyway, um, yeah, so um, get along to all these events, um, but don't spread lurgies. Um, Saturday is a busy one um, for trans and gender diverse people. There's the Anxiety Discussion and Support Group in Carlton at 11am. Um, check out Transgender Victoria's website for DEETS. And Trans Family um, is on um, for family members of trans people um, on Saturday afternoon. And then um, that's at 2 o'clock. We'll get there just a bit earlier so we can get started. There will be a fabulous guest speaker Um my hashtag adopted mum, Lynette McDonald, will be there. So parents of trans people, um, or should say family members, etc., and the broader sense of that word, make sure you get along. And then at six o'clock um, in the North Fitzroy Library, and as Michelle mentioned last week, we can 
um, be there. Rain, hail or shine from 6 o'clock for Trans Day of Visibility, um, which is very, very welcome. Remembering, of course, that not everyone can be visible. We acknowledge that. But um, where we can, um, safely, it's got to be good. So, um, and um, we also want to make sure there's a whole diverse gaggle of people there. Um, We welcome people of all backgrounds to Trans Day of Visibility. So a busy week coming up. And then the Shed for Trans Men, um, Sunday week, the 25th. Um, As mentioned last week, the entertainment, um, Kelly Hennigan, the librarian at North Fitzroy will lead children in songs and dances. The dancers, the amazing Tonya Field, an ARIA award-winning guitarist, will be there as well. So, and also um, 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 Darcy T. Gunk, um, who's part of Coral Cito, accordion and vocals to um, create acoustic soundscapes evoking the ocean. So once again, Saturday the 24th. And it's good to see there's lots of events coming up for Trans Day of Visibility. Do something in your workplace, whether it's a just team discussion or just or acknowledging, put something on your own Facebook page or whatever, um, you know, on the 31st. I'll, keep, I'll plug it again next week. Um, once again, if there was anything that was um, upsetting in the show today, the fabulous people, the Q Life Network around the country, including Switchboard in Victoria and Tasmania. Hello to Tasmania. We forget you sometimes, um, but you're very much there. Um, 1-800-184-527 if you need some support. Uh, what else is a coming up? Um, yeah, a busy week. Um, I'll be ootin' a boot in the country. Um, gosh, um, I must write a Victorian tourist guide book or something. But um, good to be out there um, doing stuff and, well, talking visible, um, very much there. Um, Also, um, yours truly had a chat back on International Women's Day with the fabulous Alex Pye on a great Sydney community station, FBI Radio. If you look for Wednesday and Thursday mornings page on the FBI Radio page and look for Thursday the 8th, you can spot me in there um, and um, track it down at about um, the two-hour mark. So... um, Really good to see that. Also, well, a little bit of um, um, declaration of interest here, but yours truly and two other great people from BioAlliance need to get up to health indifference and we're crowdfunding um, to get there. Um, um, BAV is going to a conference, if you put that in your search engine, it should come up. We're only about um, 20% of the way there at the moment. Um, so we do need your help to get us up to the Sin City, um, Sidley, if you like, and so we can be a conferencing um, and make sure we have a, some bees buzzing in. All right, I'd better buzz out. Um, and um, as the time is drawing to a close, um, as I say, it's been a challenging topic today. It's one we need to go, but um, I've got to say just to close, I actually finally got around to watching Riot um, yesterday. Boy, that's intense, but it's good. Um, well done. Um, I don't know if any original 78ers have any thoughts on it. Love to hear them. But I'm sure they'd want us to have our community the best they could be. And their sense of vision back then, even if it perhaps wasn't as trans and bi-inclusive as it was, did seem to have that sense of vision. So um, I'll honour this them with this song. Um, And it's from Van Halen. We'll go out a rockin' and go higher and higher with our dreams. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. 
For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.